0: Yes, now to two modern-day stars of history. That music will tell you all. Who would have thought that a history podcast presented by two bespectacled middle-class Englishmen would become a cult hit and that they'd then be able to pack theatres with sold-out shows? Well, Tom Holland and Dominic Sandbrook have done just that. Their podcast, The Rest is History, has hit the mark with their open-minded, witty conversations about everything from Cleopatra to Captain Cook, ancient Rome, Richard Nixon, Tolkien to the Boston Tea Party. Crucially, more than half their audience is that vital demographic, the under-35s, part of, we're told, 10 million downloads a month. Look, they're about to get on a plane to tour Australia and New Zealand, and it was my pleasure to welcome them to Saturday Extra earlier this week. Hi there, Tom and Dominic.
1: Hello. Thank Hi, you for having, having us. us. Thanks for having us.
0: Look, it's not quite the same level of reaction as when the Beatles do it, but it's pretty good. Dominic, what do you think you've tapped into?
1: Um, I my theory is that, um, I think that there are two aspects to our podcast, which we've been doing for three years that people like. One is, um, that we tell stories. So we love, you know, doing these sort of very, um, detailed kind of dives into the hundred years war or the rise and fall of Julius Caesar or you know, as you said, Cleopatra or Nixon or whatever Australian Prime Ministers. Yes. So and we try to sort of tease out the human details and a bit of narrative drama. And we sort of do justice, I think, to the sort of narrative complexity. And people love stories. And the second thing I think is the tone, which is that we actually unusually for historians, we really like history. <laughs> so we really like the past and like talking about the past. We don't set ourselves up as we know there are lots of you know, dark things happened, but we don't set ourselves up as kind of moralistic judges of our predecessors. And I think when so much of the conversation about history is so sort of weighed down... By kind of moral angst and political arguments, we don't really go in for that. We love history. We love talking about it. We love the complexity. We try to give all sides, but we don't kind of go into massive spasms of hand wringing or shouting or get all kind of red in the face and stuff. And so I think people find that quite refreshing.
0: Yeah, you don't go into politics very much at all, and you don't go into different interpretations. You know, you don't bog yourself down saying, "Well, of course, it's a whole different, you know, a whole different view of this," and that's been developed by such and such. You allude to it, but you don't let yourself, somehow or other, you don't let yourself be worried about that.
1: Yeah, that's right, because we're, con- I mean, we. But when we tell the story, we sort of say, well, this is what we think. But I think we always try to leave space for the listeners to have their own views about things. And we never say this is the kind of gospel truth. And we're very conscious that, you know, there are, if you take the story of Captain Cook, for example, um, there are lots of different ways of telling that story. And many of them are completely reasonable and legitimate and people always argue about it and that's fine and we don't really tie ourselves in knots about that. We don't have a problem with disagreement or debate.
0: No, and we're going to come back to Captain Cook. How did it come about, to Tom Holland, the rest of history. Were you friends before the podcast started?
2: We were. Uh, Dominic and I had known each other for a, a fair old while Um, And then uh, I live in London and Dominic retired to basically the Shire to live in a hobbit hole and I didn't see him as much. Um, And just before the pandemic, we kind of met in a a pub in London said, oh, we must meet up more often. Uh, It's a shame we're not seeing each other as much as we used to. Um, And then, of course, the lockdown hit and in the lockdown basically everyone seemed to be setting up a podcast and my brother was among them and he started doing a, a podcast we have ways of making you talk about the second world war and his producer then came to me and said would would I be interested in doing a podcast and I wasn't really very au fait with podcasts at all i mean i'm very much the kind of by now the demographic that that isn't really tuned into them. But I thought it would be fun because I'd listened to my brother's podcast and I enjoyed the kind of sense of freedom that he had basically to do whatever he liked. And so sat down with, um, with the, uh, the, the head of the podcast company and we had a debate as to what the focus should be. Should it be on the ancient world, which is very much my specialization, or should we just go you know be insanely overambitious and go for the whole sweep of history <laughs> and we decided madly to do the latter and that being so i immediately thought of dominic partly because as i said you know we got on very well but also because he's a brilliant historian of modern britain and america and so would very much fill my gaps um and so i guess the rest is history
0: no oh,
2: no bu- oh, <laughs>
0: Wow. I knew there'd be something like that. I must say that I, I've interviewed you twice, <laughs> okay. Tom, uh, for this program in the past, and the last one was on your book Dominion, which which traces the sort of extraordinary impact of of Christianity and and all the the um, values that flowed from what You think is grossly under under sort of rated in in terms of um, modern discourse. And I had to I, I worked so hard on that interview because it was such a big book. I sort of had to go and have a, a cup of tea at Bex and lie down afterwards because I. I <laughs> I thought, you know, I'll be shown up. Now, th- th- this is the interesting thing. The two of you are sort of vaguely competitive, but you obviously respect each other and you send each other ah, up. Ah, I'm glad you think so. <laughs> something oh, shocking. Well, you'd have to ask Dominic that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you do verge into each other's territory, although Dominic does leave the, the um, ancient history very much to you, I suppose, but... Uh, but um, You know, Dominic, you seem more absorbed in modern history, although both of you overlap, it seems to me, more and more, I've noticed. You know, like the ones recently that you did on the trials of Oscar Wilde or the rise of Reagan, which was very interesting. And, you know, there you are, two Englishmen sort of going into the bowels of America, talking about the rise of Reagan in this highly polarised climate. Now, what made you decide that?
1: Well, I think I mentioned doing Reagan because I've written about him because I do American history as well as British. And um, I knew that Tom would really like Reagan as a character. Would, would I mean, when I say like him, I don't mean necessarily you know, agree with him or endorse him. I mean, he would find him fascinating. The Hollywood stuff and then becoming a politician and then being involved with the end of the Cold War and whatnot. I knew Tom would love all that. And I think for both of us... The great thing about the podcast, it's partly, of course, that we're talking to a a big audience and we're able to share our enthusiasm for history. But there's also a tiny element of, dare I say, self-indulgence about it, that we're able to dive into (laughs) topics that we didn't necessarily know loads about (laughs) and have a huge amount of fun actually finding out about things. So, you know, when I'm listening to Tom talking about uh, the golden age of kind of medieval Baghdad or something, I mean, I'm not just thinking, oh, this is great for the audience. I, it, it's actually really enjoyable for me to find out about these things, Aww. and so when we're doing the topics, I think um, there is often, you know, we we love to have a chat about it. We love to kind of try out ideas on each other, sometimes to argue about things. But but you know, the point is that that's a it's a brilliant it's a brilliant journey, isn't it, back into the past, Tom, to do this. And when we're you know when we're flying to yeah. Australia in a few days, we are going to you know, we've planned that we're going to have a scheduling meeting, we're going to talk about 2024 and all the subjects, and I'm really looking forward to finding out, you know, deciding what we do and getting into the reading, as I'm sure Tom is. For us, it's been an enormous
2: process of self-education because, of course, we do focus on fields of history that we've written about or particularly studied, but actually they are often the, the least satisfying to do. You feel kind of a little bit nervous, you've got to get pack everything in, you kind of know too much. But the episodes that I think I have most enjoyed doing are those where I didn't really know very much. Mm. And it absolutely confirms me in my opinion that there is no aspect of the past that isn't fascinating. So with the Reagan... Um, I kind of vaguely knew about it, but it was wonderful to have the chance to really get to grips with his career, to kind of put all the various elements that I vaguely knew to stitch it together. Um, And also, uh, Reagan is um, the American president that I can do my best impersonation of. (laughs) So... All of these kind of co- combined. And of course, I was, you know, I was sitting at the feet of Dominic, a great master of the, the, the history of modern America. Um,
0: let me just tell listeners that I'm speaking to my delight, to uh, Tom Holland and Dominic Sandbrook from The Rest is History. And you'll know that it's often cited by people on our uh, monthly segment, The Pick, where people pick what they've been listening to, you know, or watching. So I think there's lots of listeners who do know about this. Um I, one of the episodes that really impressed me and I evangelized about to people was on Oppenheimer. So before the movie or you, you you timed it with the movie, but I enjoyed the movie vastly more which was complicated because I'd actually heard your 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 piece on your two, I think you did too on Oppenheimer. Yeah,
1: we did two. Oh, that's really kind of you to say. Yeah, so we um, I had many moons ago back in the you know the the dark ages I had actually reviewed the book uh, for a national newspaper on which Oppenheimer was based. So the biography by Kai Bird and Martin Sherman that the film is based on. And uh, when we saw the film was coming out, uh, there was lots of chat among our producers, oh, you should do an episode about Oppenheimer. And it ended up, as is so often the way in the rest is history, becoming two episodes because <laughs> we had too much to kind of cram in. And actually the thing with him is he is an extraordinary figure. He's an extraordinary kind of weird and fascinating man. But also his life touched on i guess three really big things so one is that this kind of golden age of theoretical physics in the 1920s and 1930s people make these amazing kind of breakthroughs then there's the second world war and the decision to drop the yeah. atom bomb and then there's the cold war and the suspicion that he's somehow involved with you know the mm. soviet union and a, and a security risk and he ends up being stripped of his security clearance in this kind of show trial so there were lots of different aspects of that story that we knew that our audience would find really, really interesting. And actually, to tell you the truth, I know this will sound a bit weird, but once we'd done the episodes, I was so oppenheimer out that I still haven't seen the film. Oh, no. Um, oh, yeah, because oh, I kind of thought, oh, I've just done a podcast about it. I spent weeks reading about it. I don't want to go and see that. I want to do something, you know, I'd, I, I'd, I was more likely in the end to go and see Barbie than I was to see Oppenheimer. <laughs> Tom, but I, didn't. Well, I, did, I did see Oppenheimer. <laughs> Uh, and I, I quite enjoyed it,
2: but I was disappointed that lots of the stuff, Dominic, that you brought up uh, and mentioned didn't feature, including hi- um, his friend telling him that he was going to get married and Oppenheimer's response is to try and strangle him. <laughs> And I That's that, right, yeah. That was, for some yes, reason, omitted. Yes, he was omitted. an odd bod,
0: there's no doubt about it, there <laughs> he was, was an odd very, yes. very <laughs> <peculiar>. But now, <laughs> I do have something to say to you both, because you did this two-part series on Captain Cook and this, you know, ex- the extraordinary uh, explorer that he was, and you said that he was the first Englishman to see Australia. Now, this is not right, gentlemen. This was a man called William Dampier, who saw Western Australia in 1688 first. He was a pirate. He, he even collected natural history, he was a sort of a, a, a natural history enthusiast, a la Joseph Banks, and um, he was an extraordinary character. Came back, in fact, for the Admiralty in 1699, a long time before Captain Cook. So it's really the eastern side of Australia, wasn't it, that Captain Cook well,
2: saw? Well, Geraldine, obviously we did mention that, but clearly our producer oh, edited did you? it
0: out. Cut so, it out.
2: So we're blaming William, him. William Dampier, <laughs> yeah, he, he, uh,
1: he, invented, <laughs> he invented avocados, didn't he? He invented avocados. He's the first European to describe the making of guacamole. Now, um, my he, producer's saying most... He's the first most is... to use the word barbecue. <laughs>
0: My producer, who, of course, is from the eastern states, says most Australians don't know about William Dampier. I am from the west, you see, and we're very yeah. conscious of William Dampier.
1: Just just to reassure you, I absolutely do not have the Wikipedia entry open on my computer right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but now, is look, this! So is he the one who discovered the quagga? No. Only no, that's Dirk Hartog. Oh, was that, that was, that the, was Dutchman. the Dutchman. That yeah, was the Dutchman. And William yeah, Dampier actually him. was very we, unimpressed no with the him. whole place. We don't
1: care about the Dutch on the rest is
0: history. <laughs> <laughs> the, the interesting <laughs> thing about the, the cook, which you you say, because, I mean, really, Dominic, you sort of said, look, you know, I think you will get into this, Tom, but I'm not sure you will. It was I think I'm right in saying you thought it would be more interesting for you than him. Tom got right into it because of this extraordinary man that he was. And, you know, Noel Pearson, who's one of our best known Indigenous thinkers, he he also, when he really looked closely at the visitors, as we're as they're called now, people who arrived on this land, you know, and colonised his mm-hmm. people, he became fascinated by by James Cook. So, you know, he he weaves magic over people the more they come to know about him, even if they also find it very sort of disturbing. Cook's a remarkable
1: man. He's an Enlightenment he... man. He's he's a brilliant navigator, isn't he, Tom? And uh, people always think of him as a coloniser, and like, but actually. He doesn't. His his main interest is not really in colonizing, is it, Tom? I mean, he does stamp it, put his it's, flag in the earth, yeah. and say this is for England, but he's a, he's actually a man of. It makes more sense, I think, to think of him as a kind of man of science. Would you agree with that, Tom? Yeah, because he's he's um, he's charting the
2: coast, isn't he? And I gather that uh, when he did this in um, uh, the Lawrence River in Canada, those charts were still being used right the way up into the nineteen sixties. They were that good, mm. um, and I think that. To be honest, I would guess the tone of the rest is history is that if we can find the dark comedy in a story we generally do, and there is quite a lot of dark comedy in the story of, of Cook's uh, adventures, uh, chiefly generated by Banks, who is a, fun a hilariously star, comical said. character in so many ways. Um, and all kinds of... De- I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's Banks who is the first European to describe surfing... Uh, he gives the english language the word to two they take a goat that had already been round the world once and they take it round again you know this and then when then when the goat gets back it's been round the world twice it gets publicly honored by the british government it becomes a greenwich pensioner and when it dies dr johnson writes it an ode in latin um and
0: there is you know this is
2: this <laughs> that's this, what this we're rich about the real history yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: And you pointed out, you reminded us, very moving and um, perplexing, I suppose, the accounts from Cook's own logs about seeing people on the shore, seeing fires on the shore, seeing people move around, Indigenous people, and the Indigenous people showed no interest in them, and that this puzzled them completely. Um, it's it's quite a you know you you spent a little bit of time on on that um, paradox.
1: Yeah, that is fascinating. Yes, and of course we we don't have as great an insight into what the indigenous people make of the the British as we do into the, what the British made of the indigenous people because we have, as you said, Cook's logs and we have Banks, who's a great garrulous kind of you know telling stories about the voyage. Um, it's a mystery. To an extent, I suppose because you could argue that the the newcomers were so far outside the indigenous people's daily experience, they didn't know how to make sense of it. Or, I mean, I I don't know why they wouldn't be have been interested. It's, I think Tom made this point in the um in the podcast that it's as though you know aliens landed, but but people just yeah. kind of walked around. You know, not it said, well, we won't even look at them. <laughs> you know, kind of it seems so implausible. I get that. I'd,
2: I'd, Against that, when they, when they uh, after they've, um, you know, they almost crash in the, the Great Barrier Reef and they have to pull up and repair the ship. And at this That's point, they Cook do Town. have engagement an with the indigenous system. peoples. Yeah, and um, the story that I'd always been told was that they, you know, they see a strange creature hopping and they ask uh, the local, you know, what is this? Uh, and he replies kangaroo or words to that effect. And I had always thought that the word kangaroo was you know, whatever the language was, mm. saying, um, I- I've no idea what you're talking about or, you know, <laughs> what do you mean? Mm. But apparently it kangaroo was kangaroo. Gangaroo, and um, Gangaroo, there was I a list of, right. mm. yeah, and there were a list of kind of about 60 words, um, kind of English glossary, and all of these words are pretty accurate. So I was quite impressed by that. So clearly, you know, there was communication and there was a relative degree of... Yeah, I mean, people were kind of able to uh, understand each other to that extent.
0: Mm. Well, you'll, you'll be landing at a very interesting time in our national life because, as you know, the referendum has just failed and there's, there's lots of oh, real um, soul-searching, I think, is a reasonable you know, about the nature of, of, of that vote and so on. Look, I just must ask you, what areas would you not cover? Are there topics you won't cover?
1: Uh, no. We'd cover anything. I think uh, uh, we... um, You know, I think that if you ended up in a situation... Obviously, you know, when you're doing any kind of public-facing thing, you'll know this yourself from doing your your show. You have to be reasonably sensitive about your audience. You know, you think about what the audience uh, will and won't accept. Everybody does that in any walk of life. But I think the point about all human history is kind of our, our canvas... And, you know, we're often asked, oh, are you not doing Gaza because you are frightened of being cancelled? And actually, the reason is much more mundane. We haven't done a show about Gaza in the last few weeks because the schedule is full, because we've pre-recorded loads of stuff and we don't have time because we're coming to Australia to do all the research, to do the podcast. So no, the short answer is we wouldn't back away from anything. We would just want to make sure that we did it properly. So we'd want to give ourselves time and we don't want to just sort of churn. I mean, admittedly, we did put out emergency podcasts during the political chaos in Britain last year. But, I mean, that was because we were just wittering about contemporary politics. But if we were doing a a historical topic, especially a sensitive one, we'd just make sure that we did it properly. Because we'd want to give all sides. We we wouldn't be shy of doing it because we were worried about what people would think of us. We, we, We were often being asked by Irish
2: listeners, you know, are you going to do Irish history? But equally, we were aware, you know, we were two Englishmen. Um, mm-hmm. and so we were, we were kind of slightly nervous about that, I think, but we, we got a brilliant, brilliant uh, Irish historian, Paul Rouse, who came on and we did four episodes on mm. the build up to the Easter rising. And I think that that, you know, we want to be guided definitely by a, a sense of who we're talking to. So like, you know, likewise, when we come to Australia, we are not going to, I think, going to be pontificating on the history of, uh, indigenous and, settler peoples because we're not really qualified to do that and i feel that it would be like oh, two australians Tom, coming Tom. to britain so and, you nervous, know, a week George. after the brexit <laughs> referendum and uh, and lecturing us about that so so we, there's nothing that we 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 won't discuss but we are only going to discuss it when we feel that we are ready to discuss it i guess would be my answer
1: I'm, I'm always ready to discuss it, Geraldine. Tom is much more anxious than I
0: am. <laughs> well, look, I get, get
1: texts from him all the time true. that says, don't get us cancelled. Don't get us cancelled, Dominic.
0: What are you going to talk about in, in, the, in the stage show?
1: Well, we can't tell you because well, it's a surprise. We,
2: we have two shows Tom, prepared, oh, you are going to tell two, them, Tom. <laughs> no, I'm, we have two shows prepared, but and both of them are particularly fascinating and mysterious episodes of history. But we're not going to say what they are because uh, we don't want to spoil the surprise. They're very good. But we good. could tell you, Pro- I, I guess I, I we could tell you. them, couldn't
1: we, Tom? Hint, hint. They are, they are great mysteries of history. There mm. is a lot of um, high melodrama, I think it's fair to say, Tom. Um, there are <laughs> there is, yeah. cell doors clanging shut. There are uh, ships in, going down mysterious rivers. There are all kinds oh, of occasional sloping, and they are hinge. They are
0: hinge moments in world history as well. They're hinge really interesting moments, moments in, in world, world history. history. Okay, and where are you going to visit? Uh, w- w- you know, you're, you're going to have Australia and New Zealand. We always put those like that. <laughs> where are you going to? I know that you're mad Lord of the Rings people. I wonder how you're going to follow this up.
2: Well, we're going to Auckland first, um, and we may pay a visit to Hobbiton. Who knows? Ah. Uh, And then we come to Australia, and we're doing the five major test grounds. So we're doing uh, Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Adelaide, and Perth.
0: That's for you,
1: (laughs) not for Dominic. Yeah, who has no interest in cricket at all. I have no. It's not, I'm, I'm, I much prefer sport, Geraldine. So um, I have no interest in cricket, man. So rude. So rude.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, look, gentlemen, thank you very much indeed for speaking to us before you arrive. You certainly, you know, made history, the narrative of history, I think, live in ways that um, I can't easily remember before. So thank you again and thank you for speaking to us.
1: Oh, thank you Thanks so much, much for having, having us. Geraldine. Thank you.
0: Tom Holland and Dominic Sandbrook, hosts of The Rest is History. Um, now, just to mention, Dominic Sandbrook's latest book is Who Dares Wins. That's published by Alan Lane. He also writes a lot for children, by the way. Um, and Tom Holland's most recent is Pax, War and Peace in Rome's Golden Age. That's a Hachette publication and look don't think you can get into those um, stage shows by the way they were booked out within within about a day and a half uh, but um, maybe you'll hear about them from others listen to more great stories that take you beyond the headlines ask your smart speaker to play ABC RN